Awesome. So Holy Spirit, we love you. We love your word. And we just thank you today as you minister to us that you would touch us, transform us, that we would be shaped by you. And I just welcome your presence, Lord. Just as we've encountered you in worship, we want to encounter you in the word. And so we thank you, Lord, that we are not seeking information and mere knowledge without experience. But we are desiring, longing, aching, pursuing the face of our King of glory. That we would know you, be known by you, and make you known. Because the Spirit of Jesus is upon us and inside of us. So we love you. Father, I just pray as I share the word that your anointing would be upon me to communicate with clarity, to encourage, to build, and to equip. Father, I ask for your grace this morning. More, 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 more grace. Grace to share, to communicate, but grace to receive for my heart and for everyone in this room. We love you and we honor you. Beautiful Jesus. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, I was just sharing this morning earlier. Um, I feel like every Sunday I get up here and I say, uh, sure, it's been intense. And it has. Uh, I've probably said that every week since the beginning of the year. And um, we're in a, a really, really wild time in history, a wild hour, a crazy moment. And uh, there's a lot of information, a lot of noise, a lot of talk, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, I was just joking earlier and saying, you know, social media, YouTube, news, uh, it's everywhere. There's just so many opinions and so many agendas and so many things to discern and navigate. And, and I, I don't know about you guys, but just even the church in, in Joburg and friends and family and, and across the nations as well, uh, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of noise. And uh, I, just, I just felt in the midst of this that the Lord was just encouraging my heart, and I feel like He wants to encourage yours and put strength and vision and courage in your heart, and maybe just bring us back to the simplicity of who we are, who Jesus is, and the moment that we're in, and what we're called to do. Uh, I've just been reminded again and again, the vision hasn't changed, the mandate hasn't changed, what we're here to do hasn't changed, and so we've got to be real careful that we don't get swept up in all the noise and the chaos, and then we start to get into panic and fear and all these things, and it's just not... It's just not the Lord. And, um, you know, with all the intensity and the craziness and the fear, uh, the church globally, it just seems to be snapping at each other, biting each other, arguing, uh, just the division, and it's so divisive. And, I mean, I was saying, I've seen uh, posts on Facebook that go up about the fact that something is dividing the church, and then that very post ends up being something that's divisive. And it's like people, even with sincere hearts who are trying to, you know, confront things or have something to say, just in doing that on these platforms, there's division. You see so much stuff going on. And I do believe that although social media and these things have been a tool to the church and you know, we've been able to get the gospel out and people from all over the world have been able to listen. I do think that in the hour that we're in, it's actually done more damage than good. Um, and I want to encourage you, please don't build your faith and your Christian walk on uh, Facebook quotes and, uh, and YouTube videos. Please get alone with Jesus, get into the Word and just encounter Him because it's in that place that we're touched and changed and transformed and I shared earlier when, when Matt, who, he's doing sound. By the way, I just want to honor our sound team. Um, yes. They've been having to tame a beast this morning. I don't know what's been going on, but they've done so well. And just want to honor you guys. But Matt, when he, when he kind of 
first got saved again, I suppose, radically uh, touched by Jesus, I'd encourage you, you need to ask about people's testimonies in this house, because when you hear their testimonies, it's a good reminder of what Jesus does. Uh, <laughs> there's someone to go and ask. Go and ask Matt how he got saved. Um, I'll never forget that night. He, he was coming to one of the home groups, and he was half an hour late because he was working. He walked in with his guitar. He put his guitar down, walked into the presence of the Lord, fell on his knees, and wept for about two hours. And when he got up, he was not the same person. And I said to him, how do you feel? And he said, bro, Jesus just kicked my ass. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, when he first got saved, it was probably in the first couple months, um, I actually recommended a video to him to watch, and he, his response blew me away. He said, he said oh, no thanks, bro. Um, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said that uh, he's put me in 24-7 church because God trusts you guys to speak into my life, to minister to me uh, everything that I need to follow the Lord. And so he said, I don't need any YouTube videos. Um, I trust that you have a relationship with the Lord, and he put me here because he trusts you guys as my leaders. And, and I was like, sorry, bro, I, don't, I didn't mean to... <laughs> heresy, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but it, it really touched me. It was so profound. And, and I'm not saying don't go and listen to other people or whatever. That's not what I'm saying at all. I, I'm just encouraged that God designed this in a way that as a local church, as a local family, that we would build together. And so thank you for having a heart to build. Um, but there is just a lot going on, and there's a lot of stuff being said. And um, I want to just start off and maybe share a few things, and we're going to dive into the Word. Um, you know, as pastors, often we're the ones who people come to with questions around things that are happening in the world, and it's like, we need an explanation. Just give me something, you know, some sort of understanding. And we're in a time with COVID and vaccines and all these different things that are, that are going on. And, uh, and so, you know, e even within the church, you've kind of got these two camps or three or four or five, six camps sometimes. You know, these people who are just so radically on this side and then these people so radically on this side and then they're against each other. And, you know, but no, we can't. We love each other, but we're actually slapping each other. But we love each other. But no, we're slapping each other again. It's like this kind of stuff goes on. And um, I just want to say this. Your Bible doesn't tell you to get vaccinated. It also doesn't tell you not to get vaccinated. So maybe it's not the point. I just want to, I'm not, I'm not for or against anything. I just want to put this out. Our responsibility as the church is to preach the gospel. We preach the gospel. We do the works of the kingdom. And, and regardless on what, what era we're in, what hour we're in, what's going on in the world, we are steadfast in what we believe and what we're called to do. And so I said it this morning, and I know I'm on Facebook Live, so I'm probably going to get comments. But the reality is I'm so in love with Jesus. I'm so given to his dream. That if what stands be between me and an unreached people group to preach the gospel is a vaccine, I'm getting vaccinated. And if the nanotechnology in the vaccine is going to track me for the rest of my life, I believe in the blood of Jesus. Just as much as I believe I can get healed and, and, and delivered from COVID and protected from COVID, I also believe that if there's any nonsense going on, Jesus will protect me. But as for me, what I'm alive for is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you, I'm, I'm probably not the guy to ask, you know, that kind of stuff to because I've let you down, but I'll preach the gospel. And I want to encourage you to be a people of the word, a people of the gospel. And uh, so in the midst of this time and the craziness and all the stuff that's going on, I feel like the Lord is allowing us to be stripped back to the purity of the gospel. 
And what's happening is everything that can be shaken is being shaken. We've, we've known this for months, and it's, it's just, the shaking is just getting intense more and more and more. And so now we're seeing all these things, and whatever you've built your house on is suddenly now being exposed and revealed. And if you've built your house on the sand and, and all the, the, this stuff, it's coming down. You can feel everything's just collapsing. And that's why so many people are in fear and panic and just struggling and have no vision. I don't know how to, uh, you know, go forward and, and how do I live my life and why am I alive in these times and all this kind of stuff. But those who are built on the rock are standing steadfast and they're continuing in the work of the Lord. They're continuing to do what God's called us to do as the church. And in that place, what you're going to see is in the midst of deep darkness, there's going to be a bride that arises and begins to shine and radiate the presence of Jesus. See, I don't, I don't want to radiate and shine an agenda or an opinion. I want to shine Jesus. There's something that's so much bigger. It's so much more than all of these things, that we, these empty arguments and, and lofty opinions and all this kind of stuff. You know, I actually think the best place for the church in this hour is the low place. Like if we, can just, if we could choose humility in this hour, I promise you we'll see God do more in that place than in any other, uh, you know, intellectual argument that we could try to present or have. Do you know that the gospel is not intellectual? It's spirit to spirit, deep to deep. And I just find it hilarious that our, our puny little brains, we think we can figure it out. We think we've got something to add to this. I'm like, first of all, let's just picture how big earth is in light of space and all this stuff. And then you're a dot on that and then your brain is a dot within a dot within a dot. <laughs> and then you, you want to tell yourself you've got this. Oh, come on, guys. Sometimes we get so intellectual, we become stupid. So I'm going to... I was a lot uh, more relaxed than eight. Sorry, guys. I, if you want pastoral, can I come to the 8 a.m.? Because I'm still waking up. <laughs> no, so I... I um, the Lord's just been speaking to me about the gospel, and I was really encouraged on Friday night with the young adults, just um, Damien just sharing, just preaching the gospel. Uh, and just bringing it back to the, the simplicity of, of what we believe, why we're here, what we're here to do. And as a leadership team, we've been just saying that. We've said, you know, our job is to listen to the heart of God, to get the present word of the Lord and to follow Jesus. And I've said this a lot from the pulpit, and I, I want to say it again today, that as an eldership team, the only thing we can promise you is that we will seek the Lord, who will go after His heart and will follow His voice. And uh, we don't always know exactly what, what we should do next and how it's going to go. But what we can promise you is that we'll get low and, and we'll go there so that as a family we go there. And we choose the low place and we hear the voice of God. It's why um, we, we just decided that for myself and Jess, we would just take some time to just be submerged. That word that Damien shared, just to be submerged, to, to go deep with God, to get the presence of the Lord so that we can follow Him and just run with fire. And so I want to just I wanna say that again to you that... Um, you know, this is not a time to try and uh, figure out answers to things that are actually irrelevant in a lot of ways, but to realize that we're called to something higher, to preach the gospel, to live out the kingdom. So in this thing of just coming back to the gospel and, and just getting stirred by what the Lord's doing, I feel like there's an opportunity for us in this moment to choose what we'll pay attention to. And you know, the Lord's been speaking to my heart and just saying, in the midst of all of this, and it's been, it's been intense, it's been a, a really hectic time. I don't have time to tell you all the stories, but we've taken some hits, man. And uh, I'm getting good at slipping, slipping punches. 
but it's been intense. And, uh, and the Lord's just been speaking to my heart and saying, you have a choice what you're going to pay attention to. Because if you look at all the stuff, all the craziness, the situations, it's very easy to slip into all the emotions and, the, and that kind of stuff. But if you choose to see what God's doing, there's so much hope. This is a moment not to shrink back. This is a moment to press in. And it's easier to press in when your eyes are fixed on Jesus and not looking at everything else. A couple of weeks ago, I preached on why do the nations, Psalm 2, why do the nations rage and, and you know, plot in vain and this agenda against God. And, and then the response is kiss the sun. And that's, that's, I'm just choosing to be in that place. Just kiss the sun. Why is all this stuff going on? They're crazy to think they can do that against the Lord, but I'm just going to kiss the sun. And, and that's what my life wants to, well, I want my life to proclaim that. Um, but, but vision and, and clarity and, and that focus is something that I want to touch on today because about two weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me about focus and he asked me questions about different areas in my life and in the church and he kept bringing it back to this point of focus. And so I looked up, the word focus, and there's the noun and the verb. And the noun is basically, you know, to focus, it's the, it's the center of your activity and attention. But the verb, this is what really grabbed me, to focus, the verb, means to adjust to the prevailing light until you have clear definition. And when I read that, I was like, whoa, hold on. And I, I realized what the Lord was communicating to my heart is our vision can become blurry when we're not adjusting to the light, to the prevailing light, until clarity comes. And so if we stop adjusting to the gospel, to the light of the face of Jesus, if we stop aligning ourselves with what he's saying, with his perspective, with what he's doing, things can become really blurry and we start to lose vision for life. And when we lose vision for life, we become stagnant, we become frustrated, and then frustration becomes disappointment, disappointment becomes discouragement, discouragement becomes depression, and we get stuck. And sometimes we think there's no way out of this place. There is. It's real simple. Adjust, which can be uncomfortable. Adjust, realign to the prevailing light, the light of His face, the light of the gospel, and watch how suddenly there's a clarity of definition and focus. And as I did that in my own life, because it got really noisy for a little bit, I began to just focus on the gospel, and it was like suddenly hope entered my heart. And I go, you know what? Yeah, all these things are happening, but Jesus is on the throne. And the reality is He's equipped us with His very Spirit, and He's given us everything that we need to follow Jesus, to obey Jesus. And so what are we going to do in this hour? We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to worship Jesus. We're going to love each other. We're going to stay rooted and grounded in the love of God. We're not going to get distracted by all these opinions and agendas and information. We're going to be obedient as He speaks to us. We're going to live from the present word of the Lord. We're going to obey Christ. And then suddenly you begin to realize, oh yeah, I read the end of the book and we win. And so, so sometimes you just got to remind yourself again and again and again. It gets a little bit crazy and dark and there's some stuff that goes on but there's a bride that's being prepared for his glory in the midst of the craziness and she's going to arise above the craziness and she's going to shine and she's going to shine with the light of heaven because she's adjusted to the prevailing light and there's focus and clarity to their lives and so the bride is beautiful and it's a privilege to be a part of her and this is why I want to just touch on this and just say please hear my heart today I am not um overly 
emphasizing unreached people groups or, or like that's the thing or whatever. It's, it's not that. It's when you fall in love with the person of Jesus, when you fall in love with the King of glory, who's the desire of the nations and he's the desire of your heart. He's the shepherd of the nations and he's the shepherd of your heart. When you fall in love with him, it's impossible not to ache for people. It's impossible not to, to love them with a love that's not your own. There's a capacity to love that's so much more than how you feel about something. And this is why I'm, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but it's okay. I am, I'm as passionate for, for us to, like Damien's testimony, I'm in the shopping mall and somebody needs, uh, is, is sick or sore and we pray for them and we preach the gospel to them and the kingdom of heaven invades that situation. I'm as passionate about that as I am about getting on a plane and going to Afghanistan. Because the point isn't traveling and, oh, it's radical and wild. The point is everyone needs to know the good news. And so wherever you go, wherever you are, I, I, want, I want you to hear me today. What we are, are becoming in Christ as 24-7 church, as the bride. It's a bride for His glory who are radiating, shining the glory of God, the kingdom of heaven everywhere that we go. And so maybe you're not called or, or God's not asking you in this moment to go and, and you know, I know I talk about it a lot, so I need to clarify sometimes. Maybe you aren't called right now to do that, but you are called to preach the gospel. And I want to say this right now, what we don't need is Christians with agendas and opinions and all that stuff. What we need is the fruit of the gospel. You know, we've got so many Christians that have a lot to say, but we're not seeing the sick healed, the dead raised, lepers cleansed, demons cast out, the love of God pouring out into different spheres of influence in society. I would rather less talking, more demonstration, more power of the gospel. Because I've been asking myself this question. We better make sure, if we have a lot to say, we better make sure that when people look at us in the midst of what's happening, they see something different, not the same thing with just a lot to say. Are you with me? So you can have a lot of information, a lot of knowledge, and a lot to say, and yet the fruit of your life, people are tasting that fruit and going, this is no different to anybody else. In fact, you actually annoy me more. But when we choose the low place and we come in, in love and we come in the power of the gospel, then it's only Him. It's, Lord, what are you saying? I'll only speak what I hear you say. I'll only do what I see you do. And I promise you, it's so, it's so different to this world. I shared earlier, you know, when Pilate asked Jesus, you know, are you a king? And, uh, and then Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it was of this world, my servants would come and deliver me. I wouldn't have been handed over to the Jews. And we read that and we like move on. But the reality is what Jesus is saying is my kingdom is not measured by the good outcomes of situations. My kingdom is measured by the voice of the Lord, the rule and reign and dominion of heaven. In other words, Jesus was walking in the kingdom of God in the midst of suffering. And then you, I, know, I know what happens to people's heads is sometimes it's like, yeah, but Jesus did that so that we don't have to. Oh, okay, well, let's go to the New Testament and let's look at Paul and let's look at Peter. And let's look at a whole list of people who were doing the will of the Lord and, yes, experienced incredible, the supernatural provision and abundance and blessing of God, but also were doing the will of God in the midst of suffering. And so now we see in this moment as the church, 
We can't get rocked or dismayed when we see maybe situations don't look so good, circumstances don't look so good. If we're rocked by that, we, what are we grounded in? But if we're rooted and grounded in God and the kingdom of heaven, then we are bringing the kingdom of God in the midst of suffering and trials and tribulations and persecutions. And we haven't even got to persecutions, yet we're still at inconvenience. And so the reality is we can't, we can't be stuck at inconvenience levels because there's more, and it's going to get more intense. It's promised. You know, I was just reading in John again. I'm like, oh, yeah, Jesus said the world hated me. They're going to hate you also. Oh, I don't know if we got there yet. Do people hate you because you're a Christian, because you love Jesus? You struggle to make friends because most of the world hates you? I mean, it gets pretty intense, right? Good news of the gospel. (laughs) But we're coming back to the simplicity of the gospel and following the Lord. In 1 Corinthians, um, you know, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 now, Paul, from verse 10, he kind of talks about divisions in the church, and he's saying, come on, don't be, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of uh, uh, Peter, I'm of Christ. I'm of, he was like, we're, we're of Jesus. We are only of Jesus. That's it. This is, there's no divisions here. We're not separating uh, with all these different things. Uh, unity matters more than being right. Unity, oneness, matters more than being right. And we've got too many people in the bride of Christ around the world that are obsessed with being right and they've missed the heart of God. Because if God was obsessed with being right, you would have no place with Him. So this is the reality. Is Can you see why I say we choose the low place? I think I've got a right to be right, but I'm sometimes not right, and yet God still lets me be one with Him. And so when we choose the low place, we can love each other. Because of who Christ is, not because of how we feel about certain things. Disagreement doesn't have to mean separation. Okay, so we see that, but then, verse uh, 18, listen to what Paul says here. He says, uh, yeah, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. I will destroy, uh, 19, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, uh, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you are wise according to worldly standards. It's like Paul's just reminding people. It's like, actually, you know, you're not as intelligent as you thought. (laughs) Not many were powerful, not many were of noble birth, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of Him, listen to this, because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, So that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Now listen to this, chapter 2. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. 
For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is what we need in this hour, is to preach the gospel in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that the church would build themselves up in Christ and not in the wisdom of this world. Ooh, there's a lot in that chapter, but anyway, we'll quickly jump across 2 Corinthians. Two Corinthians chapter two, verse 14. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God. Oh. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Listen to this. Who is sufficient for these things? For we are not, like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, as commissioned by God, in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. Are you hearing what Paul's saying here? I mean, I just love reading the writings of Paul. He makes it evidently clear that this really has to be all Jesus and nothing else. Everything we do is in Him. And so as the church, I think we need to spend a lot more time focusing on that rather than getting wrapped up in everything else. If you go to chapter 4, Uh, from verse 5, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. (laughs) It's funny, when we preach the gospel, it's like suddenly we start to see things clearer and things pop up and it's like, whoa, hold on a second. Sometimes we get wrapped up in all this stuff and we lose the simplicity Wait, we we proclaim not ourselves. We're not preaching ourselves. This is not about my opinions and agendas. It's the gospel. It's got to be Christ as Lord with ourselves as your servants for His sake. That's a beautiful bride. That's a beautiful church. You preach the gospel, are yielded to Him, and, and regard themselves as servants to others for Christ's sake. Does that make sense? Then he says this, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And verse 7, but we have this treasure, what we've just read there, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. I'm really praying that you know, I'm not trying to teach something today. I just want to like, encourage your hearts. But what I'm, I'm praying you receive from this today is that you're, you're understanding how precious the gospel is, how incredible this treasure is that's been given to us. His name is Jesus. And it's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ that's inside of us. So you were born for this hour. I know so many of us and, and, and so many of the church are wondering like, whoa, Lord, why did I have to be born now in this time? This is a little bit hectic. Couldn't have been, you know, born in a, another time. 
And the reality, I mean, let's be real. Come on. It's not just me. Yeah. Everyone went quiet there. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> no, let's be real. It's right. Thank you, bro. You get it. It's, in, it's, it's hectic and, and it's easy. It's easy to fall into that when you look around. You just go like, oh, my word. Uh, but you were born for this time. You were born for this moment. You were born for this hour, which means God has put his spirit inside of you. He trusts you for this moment in history. Like we need to live in that way. That we're trusted by God to be alive in this time. He predestined you before the foundations of the world and he chose now for you to be here. See, when I think about this and I'm talking to the Lord and praying like this, I get pretty stoked. And I get fired up and excited to be alive right now, preach the gospel and do the works of the kingdom. And, uh, and this is why we have to stay in the simplicity and, and the humility that's found in the Holy Spirit because then we stay focused and we stay effective. When we stay abiding in Christ, fruit begins to flow. And so what we want to see, actually, in the midst of all of this crazy time, is that while the world's freaking out, we're just continuing to advance the kingdom of heaven. And people are getting saved and healed and delivered and transformed. And they're coming into the kingdom. And they're reproducing the kingdom. And then they're reproducing. And suddenly we're beginning to invade. And I know that's a strong word. And I don't mean it in the, in the context of, you know, putting others down, but we begin to infiltrate, there's probably a better word, and, and, and the, the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus is spread everywhere. And we're not in love with this world, and we're not panicking because we've fallen in love with something that we want fixed. We're in love with Jesus, and He will give you everything that you need to do what He's called you to do here on the earth. And so we just stay yielded, surrendered, following Jesus, obedient to His voice. Are you, are you hearing what I'm saying today? We stay focused. Now we have vision. Now we're not panicking and we're not stressed and we're not freaking out. And yes, there's challenges. Like we have to expect that. It's not something to be afraid of or to shy away from or something that should shake us. We expect challenges. But the good thing is that these things don't define us or shape us. We don't find our identity or our strength or our vision or anything that makes us who we are in these situations and circumstances. We see them as opportunities to manifest heaven. So if there's, an, if there's an area of lack, it's an opportunity to fill it with the kingdom of heaven. Are you with me? I want to just touch on something. You know, I was reading. Uh, we can go there real quick, actually. Um, Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah. 50, chapter 53, uh, 52 and 53. You know, listen to this. So we, we've got to come back to the gospel like I've been saying. And if we know that, then we realize that what Jesus has done should be everything that we're about, everything we talk about, everything we're building. What Jesus has done, the finished work of the cross, is, is what we're about as the people of God. And so if we know that if it wasn't for Jesus, it's game over. We don't even have an opportunity to have communion with God. But Jesus pays the ultimate price, and He brings us into covenant. It's a new covenant. It's oneness with the Lord. It's intimacy with the Lord. But we also have to realize that He paid a price for us to walk in everything that He received from the Father. So while He was here on the earth, we see Him operating in healing, in divine health in the power of the gospel, demonstration of signs and wonders that all brought people back to the heart of God. And so now I get excited because it's like in the, in the midst of COVID and all these things, we have to remind ourselves, what do we believe Jesus paid for? 
You see, and I can say this statement having lost family members to COVID, having had COVID myself uh, as a church, it hit us as a community. We've journeyed this. But my life is not based on my experiences. It's based on the Word. It's based on the truth. And so the reality is, just because I had COVID doesn't mean that that now somehow stops me from believing that the fullness of the Word of the Lord in my life is divine health and healing. And so this is, this is how we have to be postured as, as the church. It's like, you know, I got up and I made statements like COVID dies when it comes into the presence of the Lord. And I will die by that statement because I believe it with all my heart. But then, okay, a few people got COVID in the church. And then people come and say, I thought you said it died in the presence of the Lord. And then what I want to say is, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you became Lord. Because this isn't a statement based on, uh, well, we've tested God and He kind of seemed to make this one work and so we can make that statement. No, it's if He paid the price for healing and divine health, then that's what we believe. And if that's not my experience, it's only because I am growing in Him, becoming more acquainted and intimately one with Jesus. And the more that I seek Him, the more that I'm with Him, the more that I know Him, the more I'm going to manifest Him. And so you see, it's impossible to stop a group of people when there's lack or there's something that doesn't reflect the nature of God and it happens to us or happens to those around us. If that thing pushes us into Jesus, we become unstoppable. The problem with the church is that it pushes people away because they start to question and doubt because they never made him Lord in the first place. See, if he's Lord, then the problem isn't there. It's here. And I say, Lord, I bow. So for example, I got COVID and I spent three days whinging and whining to the Lord because I'm that guy who gets up and COVID dies in the presence of the Lord. And then the next, you know, two days after that, I'm down with COVID. And I'm like, Lord, I took a stand. And then I was reminded, oh yeah, it wasn't me who got up on the cross for my throat, and um, overnight, I went to sleep with a throat infection, couldn't drink or, or eat, and I woke up the next morning completely healed, not even a scratch in my throat. Um, and then, you know, this is, this is the world. Well, why didn't he heal you of COVID? Again, dot within a dot within a dot within a dot, your puny little brain, come on, he's Lord, right? But what I was realizing was the Lord was saying to me, this is an opportunity for you to manifest who I am. There's a, oh, real quick before I come back here. Listen to this. Okay, you know, we just read that scripture out of 2 Corinthians 4, 7. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Listen to the rest. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Listen to this next one. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Do you see the gospel? For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. See, what the Lord's been teaching me is that our job, and my dad said this a couple of days ago, so beautiful, our job is to die. His job is resurrection life. Our job is to yield, to die to ourselves. Lord, in every situation and circumstance, have your glory. See, I hope what you're hearing today is when we begin to live in this, we're equipped 
to manifest Jesus in anything, in anything and everything. And then you're going to begin to see the church truly, instead of getting upset and frustrated with governments and petitions and whatever, come on, you can't stop us. It's impossible because you couldn't stop Jesus, and He won, and we know that at the end we win. So what's happening right now is an opportunity for the church to come back to the truth, to truly believe, to yield and surrender, to choose the low place, to come in humility, to get filled, and to follow Jesus and watch what He's going to do. Because we, in, uh, in Isaiah 52, it says, uh, verse 14, As many were astonished at you, His appearance was so marred beyond human resemblance. Uh, and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him. I like that one. For that which has not been told them they see, and that which they have not heard they understand. Jump down to, just for the sake of time, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. So like now we have an opportunity as the church to read this and decide. Who's Lord? Who's Lord? Oh. So now what's so beautiful is when we begin to believe the gospel and we realize, Jesus, you've done everything. And I'm, my, my responsibility is to believe, to come into you, to follow you. As a church, as a family, as a bride, we come with joy to follow Jesus. We're not intimidated. We're not shaken. We're not knocked around by all this stuff. We are rooted and grounded in the love of God. We can love each other with a, a heavenly love. It's not our love. It's not really about whether you're in agreement around certain things. But you love each other. You're serving each other. You're choosing to die so that Christ can live in you and manifest himself to others. You've become a vessel of the king of glory. You've become a servant of the kingdom. You've become a son of the most high God or a daughter of the most high God. And I want you just to jump to uh, Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. Who publishes peace who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Oh, you need to hear that, Zion. Your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice. Together they sing for joy. For eye to eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. And then it says, break forth together in singing, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. (laughs) That's why we get on planes and we go to the Ukraine and all these places. Do you know that in November there's, there's the high chance that this little community, this beautiful community, will be in three nations in the 1040 window in one month. Putting our feet on the, uh, you know, it's like, th- this is why we do this. At the same time, I want to encourage you, this community is 
praying for the sick in shopping centers and in your businesses. And we've got physios, where's Jen? Physios who, you know, we get testimonies of Jen all the time. You know, like literally, you know, Monday morning, you kind of just wait for it. Uh, but testimonies of, you know, someone came and they came for physio and I, was, I treated them and it wasn't getting better. So I asked if I could pray. I prayed and they got better. And it's like, you know, physio is secondary to the gospel. So uh, I'm so I'm amazed at that. And I want to encourage you, this is what, what the kingdom looks like. This is what it means. And so today, what I really pray you're getting from all of this, this is totally different to the eighth, but um, what I pray that you're getting is the, the vision that comes from dying to yourself and coming alive in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's such good news. It's such good news. You are carriers ministers of the good news of the kingdom of heaven. And it's, it's only difficult when we are struggling to die, when we're holding on to that dead corpse. You know, I used to, I went back and listened to some of my old preachers. Yo, I was hectic, eh? I, I called people wallies from the pulpit, and that was quite something. You know, I repent. It was before I was on eldership, so... Uh, I wasn't nervous about anyone leaving. I just, just heard it. I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah. It's just trials and tribulations for my dad. Can't even remember what I was going to say. Yes, thank you. I remember I went back and listened to something, and I, I, uh, I used to use this analogy a lot. I used to say, why are we going back digging up our dead corpse and playing puppets with it. And I thought about that. I thought, ah, oh, that's actually, I should bring that one back. Because the reality is it's, it's a funny analogy, but it's what we do. We go back to our old lives. What's been crucified, it's dead, it's finished. When you gave your life to Jesus, everything that made you who you were outside of Christ died. So why do we go back, dig it up out of the ground, and play puppets? It's not fun. It's a bit stinky. It's rotting. And then we wonder why there's fruit in our lives. What is that awful smell and what is going on? Oh, it's that dead old life. Let's put it back in the grave and leave it there. It's finished. It's decomposing. It's disappearing. And let's live alive to God. Romans 6. Reckon yourselves dead to sin but alive to God. Living towards Him, for Him, in Him, through Him. Is that all right? So my prayer is that you get full of courage and hope and excitement and uh, that you leave this place today not just trying to survive and, and get through this hour, but ready to rule and reign, ready to arise and shine, to be everything God's called us to be. And I want to say to you, you are ministers of the gospel, ministers of reconciliation. You. So you can do it. He's given you everything. You and you. You get a card. You get a card. You. One day. Do you want to stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so good. You're so wonderful, so faithful. And we just want to say thank you, Jesus, for what you did. I pray for courage in every heart to stand firm and to believe, to follow Jesus, to not get shaken. Thank you, Jesus, we'd not get moved around by all the stuff, all the information and the, the stuff and situations and circumstances. We'd be a people of your presence, a people of your voice. 
yielded to the Holy Spirit, dead to ourselves and alive in Jesus. Thank you for the gospel, Lord. Lord, I release fresh fire on every heart today to follow Jesus, grace upon grace upon grace, to do what we are called to do as the family of God. And so I bless you. I bless you, Lord. And we as a family enthrone you and honor you today. We are so excited to be alive at this time with you. What an adventure with Jesus. What an adventure with you, Lord, to see many people saved and healed and transformed by the love of God. And so I just pray for a fresh infilling of your love and of your power for every single one of us today. And for many of us, I just release that unlocking of your destiny, the unlocking of the assignments and the call of God on your life. Oh, it's about to get wild. The church is about to rise up and run with fire like we've never seen before. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So, Lord, thank you, Jesus. We love you. We worship you. And what a privilege to be the church. Um, Father, I just I thank you for this week ahead, for every single person. Lord, I know that sometimes the situations and circumstances are real, and there's, there's a lot of things to navigate. But, Lord, I thank you that you are our wisdom. And that I know it doesn't feel right sometimes, but the best thing we can do is choose the low place. is come low before you, Lord, and just allow you to lead us. To really just make you Lord of our lives and follow you. And so, Father, I thank you for that strength for every person. And I just release grace on every circumstance, situation, every business, every family, every marriage, uh, parents and children. I just release fresh grace. Fresh grace. In Jesus' name. We love you, Holy Spirit. We honor you. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You guys are awesome. Love you so much. Have an awesome, awesome rest of the day.